What's good, Align Our Nation? It's your man in the middle, Deion Thomas. And as always, I bring you nothing but the very best. And today is no exception. We have one of the best guards that have ever played at the University of Illinois. He may smile at that, but he was good. Don't let him fool you. Went on to have an extensive career in Europe and also some MVPs thrown in there, some championships thrown in there. So Trent Meacham will try to play that down, but I am not going to allow him to play it down. But what we also will do is a postmortem on what I think was a very successful season. And no, Illini Nation, it did not end the way we all expected, but somebody has to come out on the other side. Unfortunately, it was us this time. But we're going to sit back, catch up with Trent, learn about his professional career, college career, how it feels to have played in your home city. And then we'll talk a little bit about his pro career and then, of course, this, um, this season. But, Trent, I want to thank you for joining me, man. Appreciate having you on. What's up, Deion? I, I appreciate it. That was maybe one of the more generous welcomes I, I've had to show or podcast or anything. So, hey, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Well, it's, it's truly a pleasure to me. And I could not, we can't move forward without me thanking our, my sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Signature Bank for hosting tonight and, and being able to have my man on. And Trent, as, as one of my, um, uh, as one of the voices of Illini basketball, man, what does that mean to you? Because you grew up in Champaign. You, of course, went away to Dayton, but you come back home, you play in Champaign, you graduate from the University of Illinois, and now you're, you know, growing on this media side. So tell me a little bit about how, I see you always laughing. It's true. It's true. I see you on WCIA. You're on the radio with us. Hey, man, there's a lot of good coming on. So how does that feel to be, you know, busting out in your hometown? Well, you know, I'm, I'm okay coming off the bench when I'm behind, you know, the all-time leading scorer. I can, I can do that. Just like my, my father-in-law was actually he, – he got replaced in the starting lineup at Notre Dame by Joe Montana. So it's like, you know, you can, you can handle that. I'm not being – I'm not on the bench because of a scrub. I, I can, you know, I can stand being behind Dion, but – you know, it's it's special to to represent the U of I no matter where you're from. But when you're from Champaign and as a young kid going to games and dreaming of wearing that orange and blue uniform, uh, I think it, it, it meant a ton for me, my family. Uh, to live out a dream is pretty darn special. And for me now, especially for being away for about a decade, coming back, kind of get reacclimated to not just Champaign, but the United States. Uh, but to kind of be a, a small part of the program in a way and be reconnected to the program uh, has been a lot of fun for me. Uh, I never thought about doing media, uh, but I've just enjoyed staying connected to the game and then to, to do that with the line basketball. And I missed kind of a tough decade for the for the program. Uh, so I'm back now and doing a little bit and it's been fun and it's great to to do that with the program really on the rise. It's been a lot of fun for me. Well, I'm going to tell you first and foremost, be glad you missed that that time. So that was Gary Hester and then filtered over to me after that. It, it wasn't pretty, but you, you've mentioned it. We are on the rise now. But before we talk Illinois basketball, let's talk about you. You know, of course, you, you grew up, you're playing in Champaign. You, I mean, you end up going to Dayton. What brought you back um, to Champaign? That's a great question, you know. Uh, not everybody's in favor of transfers, right? Well, I was once a transfer, and Dayton's a great basketball program, uh, great fan support. Um, it, it was a it was a it was a good place for me. It really was. I, I think I felt like after getting a taste for Division One, I, I felt like I have a I had a chance to to play at my dream school. And whether you know someone wants to say that was a right decision, wrong decision, or or, or not, I felt like there was a chance to live out a dream. And so I took it and it was somewhat of a risk for me. You know, I, I left a scholarship at Dayton with no promise of anything in Illinois. I actually had to walk on it first and then earn a scholarship. And, uh, you know, it was it was it was truly a, a special thing, but it was a risk. Um, again, I had a really good opportunity at Dayton. I played about 20 minutes a night as a freshman on an 18 uh, t um, win team. Uh, and another backcourt mate who played in the NBA, Brian Roberts, was really good. He was in my class. So we had a good thing going, but I just felt like I uh, had an opportunity to play, to live out a dream and, and took that chance. And I'm very thankful that I did. Well, I tell you this, as an 18-year-old, 
to really step up. And as you said, take that chance. I mean, it took a lot in you. Who was the support system behind you that you worked with, talked to about making that decision? Because, you, you know, I, nowadays you're right. Transfers get kind of a bad uh, rep back then. And now it's becoming the new thing again with all of the NCAA rules that, I mean, the rules changes that it's not really that bad. But who are some of the people that influenced you to help walk you through that? Because that's, as you mentioned, that's a tough decision to have to make for someone that's 18 years old. It's really tough. And I'm not going to advocate for every transfer. I think oftentimes it's, it's, it's wanting to escape or wanting to thinking the grass is greener. And, um, but for me, you know, it, that was not easy, not easy at all. Um, I didn't really consult with a whole lot of people. Um, I think kind of dating back, first of all, Dion. I, you know, Bruce Weber recruited me lightly out of high school. You know, I'm a local kid. I didn't play at all my, my sophomore year of high school. I was hurt, kind of got back into form junior year, had a really good summer headed into my senior season, you know, was, was uh, Kwanzaa Martin, Tracy Webster recruited me at Purdue university. And it was close to going there, but chose Dayton really coach Weber at the time had offered me to, to walk on for a year and then get a scholarship. And I was probably a bit impatient at 17, 18 years old. I wanted to play right away. You know, they had D, Darren, you know, these guys, Sean Livingston was, you know, from Peoria was, you know, was maybe, you know, thinking about going there and he was, you know, he's NBA level player. I wanted to play. So maybe I was a bit impatient, uh, but after just, yeah, just going through a year of division one basketball and thinking, Hey, I can compete at this level. I want to go for this. And it was really just, uh, it was my decision. Nobody was like, hey, you got to come back home. I mean, I don't think it was really on anybody's radar. First of all, I wasn't that good to think like, oh, yeah, Illinois has got to get you here. Um, I, I had a decent freshman year, uh, but nobody really pushed me at all. Uh, my parents were, were probably the main people that I consulted with, and, and they were just encouraging and supportive wherever I went. And they're huge Illini fans. Both went to school here, but they were more encouraging. And I can remember Tracy Webster was the first person I – kind of reached out to, I knew Bruce Weber, but, but Tracy had recruited me at Ball State, recruited me at Purdue. He was on staff there in Illinois. Um, so it was a little bit more of me seeking it out and in my decision and, you know, consulted with my parents and, and maybe there's a couple other people, but uh, not an e easy decision. I'll tell you what, uh, talking with Brian Gregory, my coach at Dayton, my teammates there, that was, those were some of the harder conversations I've ever had. And, um, and sometimes I look back and think like, wow, I'm surprised I did that at 19 years old, but, um, I did. And, uh, I don't know if I went through everything in the best possible way, but I'm very thankful that I did. And I tried to be upfront and try to communicate as well as I could. And, uh, very, very grateful to have the opportunity to play for play for the Illini. Well, I, I'll tell you, it's still a, a huge step for a young man to take. So I take my hat off to you because I don't know too many, uh, young men that, are as thoughtful, as you said, you reached out to some people and you talked to those that had, had been through it. Um, and then you took the leap of faith. So now you're in Champaign, uh, you, you're on the Illini squad. How does that, um, how does that help you? I mean, what is it that, that brought, well, I know what brought you there, that love for the University of Illinois, being back home, being able to play in front of your, your family. So you were there first year. What, what are you thinking? Do you have one of those, oh, hell moments? I made a big mistake in doing this. Or was it something, or what was it that motivated you to, to really push forward? Because, you know, I, I, I say this, and I say one of the very breasts, and I, I knew you would smile at that. But, Trent, you, you, you had a heck of a, you had a good career here in Champagne, man. Yeah, well, my first year, I had a red shirt. There was no even, like, potential wave or anything. I, that's, I knew that was going to happen. Illinois was coming off their final four year. D Brown was a senior. James Augustine was a senior. We had a really good team. We started that season like 16 and 0. Uh, I think I was just looking forward to having a year to mature, develop, practice. Um, again, I wasn't, uh, you know, a super athletic kid. I wasn't a, you know, I, I was still growing and maturing and getting stronger. So I, I knew that year would benefit me, especially, you know, a step up and play, getting to the Big Ten Conference, being able to compete with uh, D Brown, you know, in practice and, and, uh, the other guys that we had. So I just took a look at that year as I got a bit more patient than two years prior as a high school junior or so, and just wanted to improve just how can I improve individually, push the guys in practice and uh, just embrace that year of, of getting stronger, getting better, uh, preparing myself to play in the big 10. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that year. We had a great team. 
And it was, it was fun to, to see, especially experience D's leadership um, above all to kind of see that uh, there was still a ton of hype and excitement around the program. And it was, it was good. It was really good for me to kind of take a step back from playing for a year, just to get that practice. Because again, I needed, uh, I think some maturity in my game and in my body in order to, to play at that level. Let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up yet with Bet Rivers, now's the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. When you win at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, they pay fast. And now it's even faster. With Rush Pay, Instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. With March Madness right around the corner, there's never been a better time to give Bet Rivers Sportsbook a try. Go to BetRivers.com today or download Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. So you, you average 18 points around that amount in high school at Centennial. You go to Dayton, as you mentioned, you have a, a solid uh, freshman campaign, averaging about almost seven points a game. Red shirt, work, you, you're playing every day against the D Browns and, and, the other, and the other guys that were seniors that year. So you get in, into your sophomore year. You step out on the court first time during this year. What were your thoughts? How, how, how did you, as you mentioned, you wanted to get better, not just for yourself, but for the team. But what were your thoughts going into that first year, knowing you were going to step on the court and, and have to put in that work? First off, don't miss a defensive assignment or Wayne McClain would have me for breakfast. You know, that was, that was man, he rode me so hard that first year or so I was there. Uh, he toughened me. He called me soft serve my whole redshirt season, okay. trying to toughen me up. So. Uh, he was great, but he was on me like no other. Uh, but stepping out there on the court, man, uh, I just felt like, yeah, defensively, I had to be I had to be right there. I had to be intense on defense. But then, uh, you know, as special it is to walk out that run out that tunnel, uh, the national anthem's going, you, you, you check in. Um, once you once I got out there, man, it's a game. And it probably didn't hit me so much at the time uh, because I wasn't looking around. I wasn't starstruck. Probably also helped that we didn't play, you know, Michigan or Indiana that first game. And you, and you get a few games to get on your belt before a big 10 battle. Uh, but I just was, was more focused on my role. Of course, I got to defend. And I always thought, hey, if I can shoot the ball and make smart decisions, then there's, it's, you know, you have a place on the floor. I feel like if you're not missing defensive assignments, and for me, if, if I can knock down shots and, and make smart decisions, uh, that was really my role, I think, especially there initially. That was my my ticket to the floor, and I was just willing to do that, do whatever I could to to get some playing time. Well, everyone has a role on the court, and you, and you talked about that one. Well, on a team, let me say this: three time all academic Big Ten. That's huge, man. That 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 is a huge part of 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 showing leadership and, and how to do things. You go from your freshman year where you average, uh, I mean, sophomore year, where you average about five points a game. And then your junior, senior year, you were about uh, 10 points a game if I did my research right. But each year you shot over 40% from three-point range. Was that your job or, well, one, we knew you could shoot the ball, shoot the leather off the ball. Play defense, knock down threes. Would that be, would that be the, the right um, definition of what your role was with the Illini? Well, everybody had to play defense with, with Coach Weber, and I think that's the same with, with, with Coach Underwood, too. So, for sure, defend, uh, make shots. Man, my junior year, we had nobody that could shoot the ball except for me. We were a tough team. We, we defended, but our starting lineup, uh, and Chester improved, but Chester is a shooter. What wasn't there, especially the junior year, I think Brian Randall, Sean Prude inside, uh, Calvin Brock or Rodney Alexander, um, the we, <laughs> I was the one guy that could shoot the ball, so I better make some shots that we were going to struggle. We struggled to score the ball that year. Uh, but I was always a guy that, you know, was a skilled player. And, and growing up, I was more of a point guard. Um, when I got to Illinois, I kind of had to find my role as a bit more off the ball. Uh, my senior year, I, I handled the ball a little bit more, especially against pressure and 
relieving Dimitri and, and Chester, and we played a three-guard lineup. But uh, I was always a skilled player, and part of that is shooting. And, you know, is there a more important skill in the game than shooting? I think uh, the NBA has really recognized that. I think part of that is an international influence. I think the college game is starting to catch up, and, and you see the um, emphasis on shooting the ball. But that was – for me, I was always a pretty good shooter – and pretty, pretty consistent. You know, I had my games DM where I was one for 12 or so. I had some, I had some rough ones out there for sure, like everybody does. But uh, yeah, I think every year I was over 40%. And, and that's being consistent as a shooter. You know, every game you're not going to shoot 40%, 50%. But uh, it's all about, I think, getting in the reps, getting in the practice, and then mentally preparing yourself and believing in yourself. And uh, that was, that could be a struggle sometimes, you know, having that confidence. But for me, um, I think I put in the work. And when you do that, uh, you can typically step up there and, and shoot the ball with some confidence. And, uh, you know, I did that for the most part throughout my career. Well, no, you, you, you definitely did that. I mean, ending your career as one of the top three-point shooters in the history of the University of Illinois. So you come to your senior year. What were your thoughts about playing professionally? I mean, and I asked that question because a lot of guys – and, and probably far too many, that's their only drive. As we can see, and I mentioned earlier, three-time All-Big Ten selection, so academic All-Big Ten selection. So I know that was, you know, the, the academic side was very important for you. Was playing afterwards or playing having a professional career as big as that? What was your drive and motivation coming towards the end of your, uh, of your senior year and your thoughts about playing professionally? Yeah, first off, Dean, I'd say just being real with you, man, you know, as a yeah, 6'2 white guy, you know, you know, average athleticism, you know, below average athleticism in terms of Big Ten level, I probably put a ceiling on myself that shouldn't have been there. And I think when I see guys that, you know, overachieve and, and they, you know, have this insane belief in themselves and I probably put a ceiling on my ability that I shouldn't have. And I think anybody can kind of look across the landscape of basketball. You look in the NBA and be like, man, you know, so-and-so, look at, look at it, look what he's doing. He's not that gifted. And, and just being, you know, real, I probably put a little bit of a ceiling on myself. I did not think about playing pro ball at all. I think I kind of eliminated the NBA. You know, I, you know, I wasn't on any draft boards. I wasn't fooling anybody think I'm going to the NBA, at least at that point. Um, but I had gone on a couple overseas trips with a group called Athletes in Action you know, in the summers of my, during college. And I played against like some second division teams in France, some second division teams in Germany. And I knew I could play somewhere. Uh, so I knew that's a great thing about basketball. There's so many different leagues. So I knew I could play somewhere. And, you know, I was getting married that summer. I got to make some money, man. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what, you know, I didn't really didn't know what exactly I was going to do. Uh, but you know what, why not just give it a shot? Okay. Why not see what I can do? And, so once a see, I didn't think about it at all during the season. Um, you know, I had a couple agents reach out to me, but there wasn't it wasn't too much. Uh, but after the season, I uh, got with an agent, and there was nothing, man. <laughs> there was nothing. Finally, about a week before my wedding, he called me up and said, "Hey, I got a job for you in Holland. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have two roommates. They'll give you a bicycle. You get paid 800 bucks a month. They'll give you another 200 bucks a month if you coach a youth team." I'm thinking like, man, this isn't for me. Um, I can't do this. I'm getting married. But uh, I did get a job with a, with a team in Austria and a first division team in Austria. Austria is not a great league, but we played an international competition as well. So got to some exposure playing in Turkey and Germany, some better leagues, had a good season, had an expanded role from when I was in college. So that kind of helped me launch my career. But, yeah, you know, going on I, to answer your question, I really hadn't thought much about it. I didn't have that expectation. It's more, hey, I think there will be opportunities. Let me take advantage of it. And it went from there. You, you mentioned your expanded role. And, and this is one of the things, you know, from my coaching days to even today, you know, you'd have, have a lot of young people talk about, you know, yeah, if I, you know, I'm going to the NBA or if I don't go to the NBA, I'm just going to go play in Europe. And I would always tell these young people, it's not as easy as you think. It's not as easy as you think. So you find your way there, as you mentioned, an expanded role from what you had in Champagne. Can you explain a little bit about the what you mean by expanded role? And you turned down the first job, took the second one. How did that first year go, and what did that expanded role look like? 
it's all about being in a position for you to excel, you know, on the court. And, and as an individual, it's all about finding ways to bring value to your team. Can you help your team win games? At Illinois, that's a little bit different, a little bit more as playing off the ball, you know, doing those types of things as opposed to having the ball in my hands a bit more. Because all my life, I was more of a point guard and more of a pass first guy a little bit. And so when I got to Austria, we had a pretty good team. I got Jason Conley played at Missouri, led the nation in scoring when he was a freshman at BMI. Ricky Moore won a national championship at UConn. He was a little bit older. Um, I had a pretty good team, but the Austrian league wasn't that great. We were one of the best teams there. But I had the ball in my hands a lot more and got to, you know, play in pick and roll situations. And for me, that just allowed me to, to develop. And I'd get in the gym early with uh, some of the young guys. In fact, my coach – my the youth team coach at that time, a guy named Martin Schiller, he's the head coach for Zalgiris Connus, a year league team in Lithuania, really good team. He was a G League coach of the year last year for the Utah Jazz G League team, but he was the youth team coach. Like, you know, it was like rec league 10 year olds that he was coaching, but he would get in the gym with us early in the morning. And I go there with some of the high school, high school age kids in Austria and just work and improve. And one of the best things for a player is to have responsibility to be able to get reps in. And that was all expanded for me. So I had an entire year of, you know, Illinois is rare that I would take 10 shots in a game. Now I'm taking 10 to 15 shots every night. Um, you know, average, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 points a game, you know, uh, was, was, you know, facilitating more. And that was the best thing for me. That was probably better than if I were to go to a higher league initially, but maybe not have the chance to have those reps and that responsibility. So that was really springboard for my career. Um, then got to go to the, the the next year playing in the first division in Germany, which was a big step up, uh, but it was a, just another good situation for me. Alana Nation, listen up. If you're like me, you want a personal relationship with your business banker. That's why, if you don't know our fellow Illini alum, Kevin Bastuga from the class of 94, you should. Kevin is one of the founders of Chicago-based Signature Bank a highly successful commercial bank that provides strategic and customized banking services to you and your business. At Signature Bank, you'll have a true partner. Kevin and his team will know you and your business, and they'll do whatever it takes to help you grow your business. Whether you need a line of credit to expand your business or finance new equipment, Signature Bank is here to help you. Signature Bank helping Illinois' business owners succeed no matter what it takes. So check out Signature Bank at www.signaturebank.bank today or call Kevin Bastuga at 773-467-5606. That's Signature Bank at www.signaturebank.bank or call Kevin Bastuga at 773-467-5606. We talk about improving as we go on. So as you mentioned, the hard work you had to put in with the youth team. Uh, you mentioned that he's, he's the coach at Zalgirdish now. We, we played them when I, of course, during my playing days multiple times. Um, and that is, you're right, a very good team. So you talked about the work that you had to put in because I think this is what some people sometimes forget is you get better when there's no one in the stands and not necessarily when there are people in the stands. Can you talk a little bit about that drive that, you know, that you say, okay, well, I see this and this is what I have to do. What, what made that click on this, on, other than being an academic, uh, all academic, all big 10, you know, being a smart guy. You know, growing up, I played a bunch of sports, but for whatever reason with basketball, I always loved practice. I love going to practice. I love putting in the work, whether it's in my driveway, before practice, after practice. I was as a, as a young kid, and that was kind of always there with me. I just, I just enjoyed working on my craft. And then you become a pro, and I don't got class. I don't got, you know, I'm getting in the gym early. Uh, you know, oftentimes, as you know, you're practicing twice a day. And, you know, it's all about just getting better. So for me, that was a, that's a continual process. That was the same when I was you know, 15, that was the same when I was 20 at Illinois. That was the same when I was, you know, as a rookie at 24 or so. That was the same when I was in my early 30s playing. It's just about continuing to better your craft. 
And, and that's one thing just when I look at players, like longevity is something I really respect. You know, and it's interesting. You've been overseas and you see guys that maybe were college All-Americans that, you know, continue playing or something, but just don't improve. And you see guys that play Division II ball, low major ball, and they just continue to get better, improve. And then you turn around, it's like, wow, these guys are having a heck of a career, making a lot of money. Uh, it's not easy. And I think also with that, you know, it's difficult. A guy coming from the Big Ten, man, you know, you're eating at Ruth Chris, you're flying charter, you're staying at five-star hotels. Man, it's nice in the Big Ten. And then you get over there to Europe, say, whoa, you know, this this 10-hour bus ride after a game, this isn't what I'm used to. This, you know, what, we got McDonald's before the game? What What is this going on? You know, that's how it was for me. So that was a wake-up call. I'm not making any money, but it's just like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the process, enjoyed the work. I always did when it came to basketball. And, and that's, that's what it's all about is just, is just continuing to improve. Uh, I miss, you know, I miss just being in the gym, just working on my game. That's kind of what I knew for so long. And, and that just, that stuck with me from, from a young age. You know, one of the things when I I talk to people about, and you mentioned it, the differences between being here, being in college, especially playing in a university, the size of the university of Illinois, and then some of the teams you can go to in Europe and it's totally different. And I think this is what a lot of, and I've seen NBA guys come over and they turn around and like, nope, I can't do it. And they leave. Uh, what was, what was the hardest thing for you when you got there? Um, because you ended up staying there and playing and playing well, might I add, for eight, about eight seasons. What was Nine seasons. Don't cut me short, Dion. Huh? Nine seasons. Don't cut nine me short. Nine seasons. I, I apologize, but God, nine seasons. So you, what was the hardest thing, especially when you first got there, that you saw that you had to adapt to to help you survive over, um, over there? Basketball is a bit different, but it, it's more off the court. It's more uh, for me, for sure. You know, I'm kind of a homebody in some ways. I hadn't really been out of, out of the Midwest a whole lot. You know, I, I, you know, I went to one year away at Dayton and that's only four hours away. I come back to Champaign. So being out of my comfort zone, no question. I was in a small town. You know, I lived a few years in Paris, but this first year we, I was not in Paris. No, no tourism in Vels, Austria, Dion. You're not going to you're not even in the mountains in Austria. I mean, you're uh, <laughs> there's not a whole lot there and not knowing a soul. You know, I'm there with my wife. I'm thinking, what the heck did I just do? What, where did I bring my wife? <laughs> you know, that was the, the hardest thing for me. I'm not making any money, uh, you know, that first year. So adjusting to living, you know, overseas. And, you know, we had Skype and that. And this wasn't when you played, I know. Uh, I don't know if you're on a pay phone or that when you played. But it's also very different now when you hop on FaceTime, when you got social media to stay connected. It was a little bit different, you know, in 2009, 2010. Uh, that really wasn't there. So, uh, but it was, it was really the adjustment off the court, um, being playing was a little bit more like, okay, I know this. Yeah. There's some, some rules. They got called for traveling cause I got to put the ball down right away, you know, off the triple threat, but playing was, was what I knew it was more off the court and getting adjusted. And, and that's a process. It's, it, you know, I know a lot of places they don't take rookies, you know, mm-hmm. most, you know, you, you gotta be a heck of a player, maybe, you know, all American, second round draft pick to get a good job in Europe your first year or to actually make a little bit of money. They're just not going to, they're not going to pay you. You got to go to a lower level. You got to prove not that you can just adapt on the court, but you can adapt off the court. Cause a lot of Americans just, they, they don't. And I think especially even more so sometimes guys that played at bigger schools because you're used to the fine dining and all that. And then you got to grind it out a little bit. So for me, there was a number of wake up calls, but it was primarily off the court. And it, honestly, it took me a, a couple of years to really appreciate, oh, I kind of appreciate some of these differences. I kind of appreciate the slower pace of life. I kind of appreciate uh, the different cultures, kind of how they interact. And that took me two, almost three years to maybe really embrace that. And it's interesting because once I did, my career took off to another level. Uh, but I think not feeling comfortable or wanting maybe to be com- wanting to seek out comfort or to I can't wait till I go home and get to eat at my restaurants as opposed to, oh man, like this is where I'm at. I'm going to make the most of this. When I did that off the court, that helped me on the court as well. 
And I'm glad you said that because that's that has been one of the biggest thing. It took me it took me a couple years to really settle in as well. Even though that first year, um, unlike you, I mean, I was in a, a bigger city in in Spain and, and near Barcelona. So, but it still took me a, a time to adjust because, like you said, I had the American mentality. I wanted all of the stuff the way I wanted it, the, the way it had been. And once I got beyond that and really started to open up myself to the culture, the people, you know, again, I had two television channels in English. I had CNN and Eurosport. <laughs> so I had to take it up on myself to really learn the language, but it really helped and made that adjustment. So I agree with you 100%. You mentioned a couple of times, um, your wife, Teresa, great basketball player. Uh, she was in 06, I believe it was 05, 06. She was Miss Basketball for the state of Illinois. So I'm sure having her there with you and her being able to, you being able to one, bounce some things off of her from a basketball standpoint or, or being able to have that conversation. Um, I'm, assume, I'm assuming, and I shouldn't assume, but I'm assuming that was one of the things that made um, those first few years a little bit easier. And Teresa picked my game apart, man. Now, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the tough thing though, Dion, was I mentioned like, where the heck did I bring my wife? What the heck? We just got married. Two weeks later, we're in Austria. And she she actually left. She graduated in three years from St. Louis University. If she if she didn't play her fourth year, if she would have played her fourth year, she would have every she would have every school record. Okay, there. Wow. She was she was she was good. She was far better than me. I probably should have followed her around her professional career. But uh, no, she was she was kind of ready to, to move on for a number of reasons. And uh, it was it was a special time for her and I to you know, especially just getting married and being, being away and, and experiencing different things together. But, uh, you know, we didn't talk a ton of like X's and O's and, and what are you seeing coming off the ball? Screen? We didn't really talk about that much, but she had a huge impact on my mental approach to the game. And some of that, as I mentioned to you, her, her dad, who was an NFL quarterback and in his influence on her and her siblings and her brother's a really good player played in the Olympics with Australia um, Teresa was just a far tougher player than me, just extremely mentally tough. So she helped with my approach, um, my self-talk, uh, my resilience, you know, when I would have a bad game or bad first half, that's mm -hmm. where she really helped me. And also just a uh, perspective to, to the game. You know, I would put so much pressure on myself to perform well. You know, obviously at Illinois, there's a lot of eyeballs. There's a lot of expectations. You want to perform well as a pro. This is feeding my family. This is paying the bills. Like I got to play well. I'm, I'm done. You know, as an American, they can always find someone else that would be glad to take your position. Yeah. That's every bit as talented as you. And so there's a lot of pressure there, but she helped me kind of just step back from that, um, play with a bit more freedom, uh, definitely toughen me up, I think. Uh, so she, she was really helpful in my development because, you know, I mentioned the work that I put in, you know, and working on my skills and doing all those things. And that's important, but my mental growth is probably the, the area where I, where I grew the most as a player, just becoming more confident, uh, more assertive, a better leader. And that's large, that's primarily due to my wife. You know, I used to read all these, I used to read these like sports psychology books and it's like, okay, okay. Um, or actually my wife used to tell me all these things. And then I'd read this psychology book by a renowned sports psychologist. And it's like, wait, my wife's been telling me this the past two years. Maybe I should start listening to her. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, save, definitely save you a little money on books. Uh, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I, I'm looking forward to your three boys, man. Cause again, you, 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 you continue to knock it down. You were a heck of a player, man. And with her being the player she was, boy, I can't wait to see your three boys. Illinois better start recruiting them now. <laughs> well, I just said if they hey, if they take after my wife, they got a chance. So. <laughs> well, you go, you you go, you come back, and now I guess let's move into this year's team. You've had an opportunity since you've been home to watch past teams um, since you've been home, and. Now that you sit in you sit in the chair with me sometimes and with Brian Barnhart and, and you had an opportunity to look at last year's team as, as well as this year's team. What do you think 
uh, about this year's team. And, and we'll get into what, what happened later on. But what was your, if you had to take one or two things from this year's team, what would they be? Historic season. Historic. Mm-hmm. One of the best teams in Illinois basketball history. I, I truly believe that. Agreed. When I think about what they sacrificed, and I, and I tweeted this, I said they sacrificed more than any team in the history of Illinois basketball. Someone corrected me, said, well, the Wiz kids, you know, some of them had to go to World War II. Okay, I get that. All right. In modern history, at least, yes, they sacrificed more than any team in, in history. You know, playing college, playing a college sport, you sacrifice a lot. You don't um, enjoy the typical college experience. You don't because there's, there's so much demands physically, you know, academically, all those things. But this team, man, what they did this past year, uh, I can't imagine, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds doing that. And so uh, I have a ton of respect for, for that, how they handle business all year. And then you think about the product on the court. Okay, man, these guys were good. And then I can't think of a more fun team to watch. You know, 0405 was very exciting. Obviously, 1989, you know, the flying Illini. But this is in terms of excitement and what they brought and the electricity they brought. It's a shame fans couldn't be in the stands this year. Yeah. Because uh, they were really good. And then to also think about where the program was just a couple years ago. I mean, come on, man. I mean, what would the, the turnaround in the job that Brad Underwood and staff have done is, is remarkable. And this season, you know, thinking about they were nine and five, you know, they showed some flashes. They were nine and five at one point. And then, you know, the run that they went on was uh, probably got to be one of the best stretches, you know, in a couple months stretch in history. So I, I think this, this team, it, it pains me how it end, ended, you know, mostly for them, but, you know, they, they, they're going to hang a Big Ten championship banner, which is they deserve. Uh, probably should have two, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> so I just look at the, the makeup of this team and how, how, they, how they bonded together, how they grew throughout the season. And uh, it's one of the best teams in, in the history of Atlanta basketball, in my eyes. And, and I, I would concur with you. I agree 100 percent on that. I remember when Coach Underwood first came in, and, of course, you mentioned that that first year was rough. His second year, he lost to most games in University of Illinois history at 21. Last season, they would have gone back to the to the NCAA tournament. I thought that team last year – They had a chance to make a run. Exactly. Yeah. Really clicked at the right time and really had a chance. So to see where Coach has – Coach Underwood and his staff, as you mentioned, have turned this team from a 21 win, 21 loss season to where they are now. I remember at the end of that season, two years ago, when they lost 21 games, I was sitting with Ron Coleman, Chen Coleman, the assistant. He was like, Dion, he was like, remember this team and remember this moment because this is going, this is the turnaround for us and for this program. And then, of course, we know what they did last year. And, and if it wasn't for COVID, what you mentioned, you know, I, I would agree with you. I've n- I don't know if any other um, program that has, one, been as successful as we have. We haven't had a, a – we didn't have a, a COVID test, uh, a failed COVID test, ever since those kids hit campus. They came on campus. We had a little bit in August. That's crazy. Nothing else afterwards. So to see the mental focus and where this team was, and that started with our star. You know, Ayo DeSumo was gone. He decides to come back. He brings Kofi back with him. And so I'm going to give you from one guard and an analyst to the next. What did that mean, first and foremost, to Illini Nation and to the men's basketball program? And then we'll build from there. To have those guys come back? Yes. I'd say it means belief in their, their coach, which is huge that they believe, hey, Mike, this coach, this coaching staff, being a part of this program can help me get to where I want to go personally and my goals, because that's important for any individual. They 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 want to achieve their, their own personal goals, but also, hey, I believe in this team and this program in terms of what we can achieve together, what we're building here, what we're establishing here. And it all starts with your, your top guy. You know, the character of your star is – hugely influential on the rest of the team and Ayo Desumu, you know his professionalism 
I mean, he's a pro in how he approaches things. And you know him better than I. You've been around a bit more than I. But from what I observe, his demeanor, his work ethic, his leadership, he's a pro. And I think that just bleeds over to the rest of the team. And that sets the stage for everyone else. And it seemed like because Io's doing that, nobody else really has a choice. Right. And uh, from there, whether it's whether it's off the court, whether it's on the court, everybody just falls in line. Uh, and then, you know, you add in Kofi and I love his demeanor. I love his demeanor and his development has been fun to watch, too. You know, you think about man, you think about his development. I mean, it's been that's been fun to see. And I, and I can imagine for you as a, as, a, as a fellow big man, you know, I don't know what it's like to dunk on somebody. OK, <laughs> maybe in the layup lines. I know what it's like to dunk in the layup lines. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but just to see his his development, um, his trust in the coaches, uh, his approach to the game, uh, that's it, it is fun to watch. And I think for the, the whole program, for all the guys in the program, it speaks volumes for future recruits. I think it bodes very well. Uh, so those those two are two special, special young men that um, it's been pretty fun watching this past the past couple of years. Yeah, the development of both of those guys. And you're right, Io, um, when he decided to come back, to watch the work that he put in and his devotion to the game, uh, it, it did. I think it spread throughout the the not just the players. I think it spread throughout the staff as well. But, you know, Chen knew that when they recruited him and when they brought him there. And that kid's first statement, I'm staying home because I want to help turn this program around. I think puts him up there in the echelon of great Illini players. Um, it does for what he what he did and what he accomplished. The development of Kofi, to watch a big guy develop so quickly, was absolutely amazing. But I want to talk about two other guys, and I think those guys are the glue guys. And I don't think they get as much love as they should. Um, both of them came in as freshmen under John Gross. Uh, of course, when John is relieved of his duties, they stay on and they continue to help this program grow. Um, of course, that's Trent Frazier and, of course, DeMonte um, Williams. Talk a little bit of your, about your feelings of, of those glue guys, because as you mentioned, you were you know, here when D. Brown and, and you know, so you have a different feel of, of, um, of what that looks like and that importance to the team, you and I both, of course, you know, but I want to line our nation to really understand what those two guys did and how important it is. Every team needs guys that can be connectors that can uh, stand in the gaps that can uh, bring consistency and effort and energy. And, uh, you know, I think about those two guys, think about, how many games they lost their first couple seasons. I mean, they lost a ton of games. And then they're playing on teams that are Big Ten championship team, the number one seed in the, in the NCAA tournament. So they've seen the evolution of this program. I mean, they were there from the beginning days of Brad Underwood, through transfers, through losses, through criticism, and then to, to kind of see it through to where it is today. I think they've been through it all. And that those are kind of the that's who the, the program is going to be founded on. I mean, kind of built on is players like that. You know, Io's electric. Kofi's, you know, a beast. But they can't do their thing if it's not for the dirty work of DeMonte Williams. And, you know, getting if you however you want to put it, you want to say, oh, he's demoted from the starting line. However you want to put it. But did his approach change? Did his attitude change? Did his effort change? And then to see something like his looking at, okay, well, here's the, here's the thing. He, he can't shoot it. Okay. I don't have to guard him. And then to see what he started doing, not this season, but the season even prior, yes. you know, halfway through the season and you see his improvement there and you saw how he, how he played in the big 10 tournament and how he could spread the floor and expanded his game. You know, it's, it is a testament to his work ethic, his attitude. You think about Trent Frazier, this guy's scoring 30 a game, you know, or not 30 every game, but he can put up 30 and he's the leading scorer. He's the go-to guy, the ball's in his hands. And for him to take a back seat to IO for him to embrace the role of a lockdown defender, you just, you don't see that happen. You see guys transfer, you know, again, that's not always a bad move. Some, you know, people do that and Illinois will have guys come, they'll have guys go. Um, but for him to let others kind of get the spotlight, um, not not many people are doing that. 
Not many young men are doing. Not many anybody's going to do that. So it uh, just speaks to their character. And, uh, you know, this team wasn't any, it wouldn't have been nearly where it was without guys like that willing to fill a role and do whatever it takes to help the team win. Yeah, and, and those two guys will go down in the history for doing just that. And and I don't know how often when I was on the radio, and I'm sure when you were on the radio, you would point out the, all of the good things that they were doing um, while they were out there on the floor, whether it was taking a charge. And I talk so often about how Trent would sprint back and transition and take a charge, or DeMonte would be helping and would rotate over and take a charge. Those things are huge, as you mentioned, for any program to be successful. But another thing that's huge for the program to be successful is recruiting. You know, recruiting is important. It is is the most important when it comes to college basketball. Two years in a row, um, my freshman scoring records fall, which is a great thing. (laughs) Great thing. I'll be the first one to hug everybody that gets every one of them. First is Georgie. You know, who went flew totally under the radar. Coach Underwood walks into a gym, sees him and says, okay, this is a kid I need on my team. He comes in, he breaks the freshman scoring, uh, single game scoring record. The next year, Kofi comes in. He breaks the single game uh, rebounding record. This year, we bring back another Mr. Basketball from the state of Illinois with Adam Miller. But then we also bring in one of the top point guards from New York and Andre Carbello. And the kid that I think has where his game could be over the next three years, um, Coleman Hawkins, I, I have, I mean, the sky's the limit for this 6'10 kid that 6'10 pushing 6'11 that can shoot the three, put it on the floor, pass, does all of those things that you want a high level guy to do. Talk a little bit or what you're feeling, one, about those guys, what they brought to the team this year and where you see them going. Yeah, first of all, say just in terms of recruiting, well, I think Underwood and staff have done a great job of, and I don't know if this is popular every in every you know conversation, but they haven't relied on just Illinois. You know, of course you want to get the guy now, you want to get the top players in Illinois. They did that with Io, they did that with Adam. You 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 really want to do that when you can. But to widen the pool, to look nationally, to look internationally, I think is a is a has been a great move by them. I think it just takes the pressure off getting those those you know few players from Illinois so I think they've done a great job there you look at those three and also one more I would say word for the coaches I think of how they brought them along okay most coaches I I couldn't imagine most coaches kind of I'm going to say putting up with with Andre Corbello and his his uh is not his antics his 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 sometimes crazy play I mean I thought Underwood how he stuck with them how he got on him when he needed to, how he kept playing him, you know, that paid huge dividends for him, you know, by the end of the season. And then with Adam Miller, you know, who offensively maybe had his ups and downs throughout the year, but never let up defensively, always approached the game with a great attitude. I think how the coaching staff brought those two guys along was really impressive. It's not easy to stay motivated all season as a freshman, especially this past year and through the ups and downs and they're in different roles than what they're used to. So, uh, you know, big, really big time by how the coaches, you know, brought them along. Uh, but those three, man, I'll start with Coleman Hawkins. You said it. He's got the look of a pro. I mean, when he shoots that thing, that the, that is, he's got the prettiest shot on the team. Just fluid, effortless. Uh, you know, you can just see his feel for the game is uncommon for someone that tall. Mm-hmm. How he puts the ball on the floor, how he passes. He seems like he's got good timing on defensively. I think he's he's he could be a star, you know, and, and there's a lot of guys, Dion, you know, that you know this, that have a lot of talent, that it just doesn't, they don't realize it for whatever reason. Maybe it's 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 mental toughness, whatever. They don't continue putting in the work, but, man, he's got all the tools. Yeah. And he seems like he plays hard, so I'm really high on his potential. I'm, I'm excited to see where the steps he takes next season. Uh, Adam Miller, you know, I mentioned his – I think he's a tough kid. You know, I don't know Adam. He thinks he's really – I think he's really tough. I loved how he defended all season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he came in with, you know, great intensity. I thought in the Loyola-Chicago game, I thought he was more so than anybody, was was picking up the ball full court, was pressuring, was trying to do whatever he could to, to you know, kind of instill a, a rally in the team on the defensive end. So he impressed me defensively all year. I was kind of wondering, honestly, is, is this guy just a catch-and-shoot guy? You know, and I knew – I knew – 
that he's in a different role than what he's used to, and he's got to find his spots playing off Io, playing off Kofi. But he kind of looked like a catch-and-shoot guy. But, man, then when Io went out, I mean, he really showed more to his game. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just that that first game Io was out against Nebraska where he puts up 16 or so in the first half. Um, I thought it was every game there throughout. He would, he would get to the bucket. You know, I think he's a guy that can score at all three levels, you know, at the rim, mid-range, three. Uh, so I think I see him taking a big step next year. He's not Io. I think he's better in some areas, uh, but he's not going to be Io. I think there's this, this kind of natural like tendency, oh, Morgan Park, Chicago, you know, he's going to step into Io. He, he's not Io, but I think he's going to be a fantastic player. I think he's all Big Ten caliber player. He probably shoots it better than Io, and it's going to be fun to watch his development. And then uh, Curbelo, man. <laughs> <laughs> there you know there's few he, he he's a rare player I mean it, it's uncommon how he his vision his feel his his the pace that he plays at um, you can tell he's been playing against pros you can tell he's not American <laughs> you know he just has a different uh swagger and different uh feel for his game you know there's a lot of players a lot of athletic players a lot of guys that can shoot the ball a lot of guys that can score there's few, very few, that have the vision and the feel for the game that Andre Corbello has. I mean, he, he's – I don't know what else to say besides special. You know, he, he's, he's special in that. And we saw flashes of it throughout the season, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. We saw flashes of it. Uh, I always said – I always told people, like, you can't have the spectacular without putting up with some of the, the nonsense or whatever you want to say. And, of course, you want to – you know, you want to limit those crazy turnovers, but there's going to be some of that. And that's part of the process. The best players are always going to turn the ball over the most. So he's going to have his fair share of turnovers. But man, was he good the past month? I mean, he showed flashes throughout the season. The Big Ten, I think, seemed to get to him a little bit there for a while. But the past month, I thought what he did was he became more disruptive defensively. I thought he was more, he was more of a pest on defense, which he needed to be. And then offensively, I thought he simplified things a little bit. I thought he made quick decisions. And, you know, he didn't force the, the crazy play. And I always think, like, basketball is going to put you in positions where your reflexes are going to take over and his instincts are going to do something that nobody else would try or even see. And he's going to convert on those. But he doesn't need to force it, if that makes sense. And I thought he just simplified things. And it didn't eliminate his, his flair but I thought it made him far more effective and eliminated a lot of the, you know, crazy turnovers. So, man, he's just a fun, he's just fun to watch. If he gets, if he improves his shot, which I think he will, mm-hmm. um, look out. And I think he's maybe the most exciting player in college basketball next season. I mean, he's he's just fun to watch. I I agree with you. I love your postmortem on on those three players, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think Adam Miller steps in and is he, he's going to step into that I.O. role next year. Andre Carbello will be a lot better once he gets, as you mentioned, works on that shot, which he'll finally get an offseason to do that. He'll be able to continue to work on his body and get stronger so he doesn't get bumped around um, when he goes into the paint the way he did a little bit this year. And Coleman Hawkins is going to benefit from all of that and being able to have that. So go, moving forward, I love what Illinois looks like. And if we're fortunate enough to get Kofi Coburn back, I, I think that elevates the team back to where it was. I think it puts Kofi in the discussion for player of the year in the Big Ten as well as nationally. So, of course, I'm politicking to get him to come back because I also think it makes him better because he needs more seasoning. Moving forward – um, with those three guys, the question mark for Kofi. Of course, we got Luke Good coming in from Indiana. Um, Ram- Ramesses um, Melendez coming in out of uh, Florida. And we'll see what the other uh, recruits are going to do. But I think those are two huge pieces that seem to be, well, Luke is already signed. But the other one that'll, you know, that could push this team back into um, that status. Where do you see this Illinois team next year? Well, Deanne, I hate to say this to you. It's a, it's a guards game, man. It's a guards game. I don't care how dominant the big men were this year. 
and you got Curbelo and Miller in the back in the backcourt. I think they have they have the ability, I think, to be about as good as anyone. The one and two. You would expect uh, you would expect a pretty good leap from freshman to sophomore year. Is typically the year you see the biggest leap. So I think both those guys are going to improve, and that's a great place to start. If you have Kofi in the middle, I'm only I'm only imagining how many lob dunks you have from Curbelo to Kofi in there. So that'll and and I think. I think Dion, man, if if Kofi comes back, I think he's maybe preseason national player of the year. Yeah, I think he's got to be up there. I mean, he's so darn dominant, and you know he could step on an NBA floor right now, I believe, and and have an impact. Now we'll see what happens, but he would impact the game, especially offensively. I mean, he's just too big, too strong, too powerful. Uh, but that'll be really interesting. So if he's back, you know, look out. Uh, and if if he's back, okay, I'll give it to you. Maybe maybe it's still the big man, the big man's game. Okay for another year but but I look at that backcourt it's a great place to start uh, I think this team is going to be uh, going to have some athleticism and, and maybe even more size on the on the wing uh, that's one that's one thing this year I'd say we are a little bit undersized um, on you know that three four position mm-hmm. now you made up for it with 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 great uh, you know I think when when those guys really fought and played tough uh, but look at Jacob Grandison. You know, I think he's a key piece. I love what he brought. Um, you know, I, I think he just he fills in the gap so well, uh, whether he spreads the floor, um, got a great nose for the ball and instincts on the boards, uh, can guard multiple positions. So I've really, you know, his experience, I think he's going to take another step and be a little bit more uh, provided even a little bit more punch offensively. So he's a big, big piece. Obviously, Georgie Bishanazvili. Uh, he's proven himself, you know, that he can do some things. Uh, if, if Kofi's not here, you know, you probably, you know, need another big uh, two, you know, and there's a transfer portal and, and there's opportunities to get a quality big because this team's going to be good. And if I'm a big man, you, you got Andre Corbell at the point, man, come on, you know, right, Dion? If I'm a shooter, come on, you know. Uh, I think Luke Goody, uh, it'll be interesting, the freshmen, just how they, how they come on. Uh, but this team, again, starting with those two guards, is going to be, I think, very, very good no matter what. I'm really excited about Coleman Hawkins and his development as we talked about what he could do next year. So it's this this offseason in college basketball is going to be bizarre, as you know. It's going to be bizarre for a number of reasons. You know, will Trent or DeMonte come back as well? It's, it's kind of crazy to think. But uh, I think, you know, the exciting thing for me is this team wasn't a one-hit wonder. You know, if Io and Kofi are, aren't back next year, you know, Io's not coming back. If Kofi's not back, the team's going to look very different. And I don't think they're going to have quite the fa- firepower that this this version did have. But there's a lot there to work with. Uh, that staff is recruited very well. And I think the, the trajectory of this program is on a great path. And so I'm excited to see however this team looks I, I think they're going to be pretty darn good next season. Uh, I, I would have to agree with you on that. And and I this may, this 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 pains me to say this, Trent, but but I agree with you. This is a guards game. <laughs> now the big fellows are the anchor, you know, and, and that's a pretty big doggone anchor to have in the in the middle. And I'm sure, and I don't know which direction right now the the coaches are going, but I'm sure they're scouring the earth for another big just in case Kofi does decide to leave. And I don't think it'll be a Kofi Coburn because it's just not very many of them. He's one on one. Exactly. But you'll probably have some long athletic kid that can, you know, that can rim run um, that, that they'll develop and, and get to be a better player. But I love the guards uh, that we have. I love the guards that the wings that we have coming in because they're both in that six, seven, six, six to six, eight range. As you mentioned, the size on the wings that can both really shoot it. Um, so there's going to be huge parts for us, as you know, the, the it, you should have been playing today. <laughs> this is a three point shooter world right now, man. So that'll that'll definitely add to us. I agree with you. The firepower um, might be a little different, but but I still think we'll be a upper 70s to lower 80 point team, um, probably first or second in the Big Ten again. In scoring. Hey, if Corbell is pushing that point, hey, this team is going yes. to put up some points. Yeah, that's facts, right? Because <laughs> he's going to find you. Just you have to be hands and feet ready because the ball is coming your way for sure. So, Trent, 
Let's let's talk about, you know, we looked at that, we looked at it going forward. We talked about some recruits as much as we can. We talked about the direction of Illinois. What's going on with Trent right now? What's going on with Trent? Aspiring sports media player. <laughs> yep. That's that that now that's been fun. And you mentioned that earlier on. It's been fun to stay connected to the game. It's, it's been fun to stay connected to the program. So I hope to continue to do more whether it's radio or TV work in, in the sports media, college basketball world. That's just a lot of fun for me uh, to, to do that. Um, and, of course, I love – I want to stay connected to the game. So uh, whether it's sports media, you know, I do some basketball camps, some training. Uh, I, just, I just really enjoy that, staying connected to the game. And for myself, it was always about, you know, go to the game, go to the gym, put in the work for me to get better. I got to get my work in, got to get my reps in. And so it's fun for me to go to the gym now, and it's about how can I help a – um, a younger kid improve and work on his game. And then I think about the life lessons you can teach through sports, which I think are just, you know, there it's, there's no greater classroom than sports. So I love that. You know, I wrote, I write a newsletter kind of doing that connecting uh, lessons from sports to life, whether it's business or personal development or relationships. Um, so I just, I really enjoy that. Um, that was a journey for me and wanting to, learn how to communicate and share that better. Um, so I'm doing all that stuff. Now, my, my, my day job, I guess you will, I'm in a totally different world now, you know, from playing and now I'm in the financial world. So I work at a, a COZAD asset management, which is, is investment, financial planning, taxes, insurance um, firm in Champaign. You know, we're, we're nationwide, I guess, in terms of who we work with, but we're based out of Champaign, a lot of Illini connections. So uh, for me, uh, that's been a great place for me to uh, to learn and meet new people and, you know, get back in this community and get connected to, to a lot of uh, uh, successful and, and, and great individuals and families and, and other businesses. So and that's kind of what I'm doing, man. I got, you know, my wife and I, Teresa and I, we married for almost 12 years now. So. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Almost 12 years. Already? It's been, I, I played for nine years. Remember played for nine years. I've been wow. back in Champaign for two years. So, uh, and then we got through, we got our, our own squad coming along, Dion. So my twins that are, are four and a half, Andrew and Malachi, Malachi's a Southpaw. So, um, I'm having them study Adam Miller film already. No. There you go. <laughs> and then, uh, my youngest Dominic is about two and a half. So we got three boys. Um, it's so funny that it's been, it's been 12 years already. I remember seeing the announcement about when you were about to get married. And as a matter of fact, <laughs> do you remember you and I actually talked before you left to go overseas and, and you were, and you were, had just gotten married. That's why when you were like 12 years, I'm like, oh my God, 12 years is just flew by like that. It's just mind blowing. It is kind of crazy. It is, I was hit. I was hitting up everybody before I went overseas. I knew nothing. I didn't know what to expect. All I knew was I was going to Austria. My brother-in-law at the time was going to Australia. I barely knew there was a difference between, you know, that sounds bad, but I barely even knew the difference. So um, that sounds awful, but I, I had no idea what to expect. What's EuroLeague versus champion. You know, I had no idea. So um, it's been, it's been a great ride, man. And, and it's, it's, it's special to represent the U of I, you know, as a professional player abroad and getting to compete against others, whether they play in the big 10 or wherever that was really special. And then for me, it's been fun to, you know, be back in this community and be able to get engaged in, in different ways, whether it's through the business or, or continuing through basketball and, uh, just trying to, you know, what's tough though is going from being a veteran to a rookie. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I was a veteran in basketball, not that I knew everything, but I was kind of mentoring, you know, at 32, 30, you know, still playing at 32. I'm still kind of bringing up some of my younger teammates and, and coaching them up in ways. And then it's like, oh man, now I'm a rookie. You know, that's a humbling process. So, and then you, then as a dad, you talk about a humbling process. So uh, I'm, I'm, having plenty of humble, pro, humble pie now, but it's, uh, it's all process of learning and growing. So I can't complain. Exactly. Is there, is there a possible coaching future? <laughs> I, mean, I don't no, think so. I, 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 I've watched you break it down on WCIA. I enjoy the heck out of when you and Marley are on talking, talking basketball. So I have to ask, I got to throw it out there. Uh, I think I'll be coaching maybe my kids. If they want to play, I'll maybe coach my kids, but 
you know, basketball, you know, like I said, sports are such a great way to, to influence and have an impact. Um, and, and that would be, that was always the draw in terms of coaching, but I don't see myself pursuing that as a professionally, but I always want to stay involved with the game just because it's, it's such a, I just enjoy it so much, but it's also such a great avenue to, to teach things, you know, bigger than, than basketball. Well, I tell you this, the sports world is better off with you in it and any way you decide to do it. Um, so I'm going to give you, this is what I like to do. Last minute, Trent, this is yours. Illini Nation is listening. What would you like to say to them? Wow, it's a privilege for this. Well, Illini Nation, uh, it was an honor to, to represent you for a few years. It was an honor to represent you as a pro. Uh, it's, it's special to be back and be connected to the program. And I would just say, Illini Nation, we should be very excited about the trajectory of this entire university, the athletic program. And I'm going to speak for basketball. I mean, I think what Brad Underwood and company are doing is um, – it's this this program is poised to not just be a one hit wonder, but to continue to build on success and be a player, I think, in the Big Ten and nationally year after year. So uh, it's going to be a fun journey um, and I'm excited to, to be a small part of it. Illini Nation, Trent Meacham. Trent, I appreciate you, brother, for joining me as always. We're going to make this not just a, a one-timer. We're going to do some again later on in this summer for sure. But Illini Nation, thank you very much for joining me on Champagne on Ice. And again, I have to thank my sponsors, Bet River Sportsbook, as well as Signature Bank for making this whole thing possible. And we're going to close it out. Love, peace, and hair grease. Thank you very much, brother. See you on Appreciate the Appreciate it, Dion.